You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessing. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim, can you say it? Say it with me. Today, I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God will speak to you today, and uh, we are going to talk about Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. We're going to talk about the story of the sower, and our one big message for today is plain and simple. God will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are. I am so excited about this topic today because I'm a grace person, and that's God's grace. God not waiting for us to be ready to come to meet him, but actually God gets up on his throne and runs toward us. God will meet you where you are. That is what grace is. Man not coming to God, but God coming to man. God coming to man, sending his son Jesus Christ to die for you and for me. That's grace. God will meet you where you are. Can you just say that right now? If you can say it or type it, I need you to hear yourself saying, God will meet me where I am. God will meet me where I am. You You may be in debt. You may owe so much. I want you to know that God will meet you where you are. You may be in the midst of a family problem. Maybe you're not talking to your parents, to your siblings. And you're not ready to talk to them either. God will meet you where you are. Maybe you're asking for healing and you've been praying for healing, but it's not come yet. God will meet you where you are. Maybe you started a business and that business is losing money right now. In fact, you already closed several businesses. And you wonder when you will be able to recover. God will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are. Let's let's read scripture. Let's read God's word. Okay, from Matthew chapter uh, 13. It says, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. Jesus went to a boat, and I, I believe that Jesus is a master audiophile. He understands his acoustics. During that time, during their time, there was no microphone. There was no microphone yet, and there are no public address systems. But Jesus knew his acoustics, and after all, he made them. (laughs) God the Father, his Father made them. So he understands. What he will do is he will get on a boat, 
and then he will uh, push back from the shore so that when he speaks the natural uh, waves the wind will carry his voice and project it and amplify it to the people on the shore that's how it happened and and jesus went there because at that time he couldn't preach in the synagogues anymore the the, the pharisees the religious people they they hate him in fact they were planning to kill him and and jesus because he couldn't he couldn't go inside the synagogue anymore he decided to go out and bring the word to the people that's god's grace Jesus did not wait for the right time for people to come to the synagogue and hear his words. He went out, he brought it to them. He stood on a boat and he delivered God's word. And again, God will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are. Um, it, it very, very similar to what Pope Benedict said. Open the doors of the church, not for people to come in, but for Jesus to go out. And that's what we're doing here at the feast. We go out and bring the word. One good thing that the pandemic did was that it brought and it formed and it, it, it built churches in every home. Churches in every single home. Our big churches may have been closed and we have been, maybe we've been restricted to go to church because for, for, for our safety. But God opened up small churches, home churches, your family being a church. And, and that's wonderful. God will meet you where you are. Let's, let's continue reading. Let's continue reading the parable, okay, together. A farmer went out to sow his seed. This is the story of the sower already. A farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The story of the sower. Let us go back to their time. Um, during their time, there were no machines yet. There was no automation whatsoever. And uh, a farmer, a sower, would have to sow his seeds and he would, he would have to throw them everywhere, okay? So that is the story of a sower. You throw your seeds everywhere, and you might ask me, why will you waste 75% of your, of your seeds, and uh, why not just plant on, on, on good soil? Uh, I, I want you to think about the story of the sower using two perspectives. We will look at it from the perspective of the sower, God being the sower, and we will look at it from the perspective of the soil. We will give, look at it from the perspective of the giver, the sower, and the receiver, the soil. Okay. Um, it, actually, 
he, they, they, they just throw the, so, the, the, the seed all around, whether it's good, whether it's bad soil. And, and isn't it just like God's love, God's grace? God lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust, on the good people and the bad people. God constantly throws his love. In fact, during their time, when you are going to sow, when it's time to plant, start planting, they would even put a donkey, get a donkey, put a sack at the back of the donkey, and bore a hole on the sack. And wherever the donkey goes, there, the, he's, he's actually spreading the seeds, sowing. Okay? Uh, that, that's how it was. And talking about God's love, that's how it is. Isn't God's love wasteful too? God loving those who cannot love him back. God loving those who do not want to love him back. And yet, he constantly, consistently sends out his love. Consistently sending out his love. Maybe you have not experienced his love yet. Today would be a good time to just sit back Stay quiet for a few minutes and ask God, Lord, anyway, you're throwing the seeds just anywhere, the seeds of love, Lord, I pray that I'll be able to receive. I'll pray that I'll be able to be good soil. After sharing that story, Jesus proceeded to uh, explain what it meant. Because Jesus spoke in parables and not everyone could understand and he needed to explain. There are 36 parables mentioned in the Bible. And this is just one of two parables that he explained. Okay, um, It's similar to a book that I'm writing. It's 101 jokes with explanation for those who cannot understand. For those who cannot uh, understand the joke. Okay, So Jesus had to explain. So this was the explanation that he gave. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When, everyone, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and all and, and, and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, they, they, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word. And understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. From the perspective of the receiver, there are four kinds of receivers. And uh, earlier I said that the sower will sow it, will just throw his seeds. So wherever it falls, if it falls in the path, it will try to grow, but it will die. If it, go, go, if it falls on the thorny, uh, in, a, in, in thorns, it will grow, but it will eventually be choked and not survive. But there's always good soil. 
there's always good soil. From the perspective of the receiver, our goal is to be good soil. Our goal is to be good soil. What must we do so that we will be good soil? How do we become good soil? Let me tell you about what Matthew was trying to impress upon the readers. Matthew, in the whole gospel according to Matthew, is trying, was trying to show us the different reactions and responses to Jesus. There were people who received him negatively, rejected him outright, and crucified him. There were people who were neutral. They were here nor there. They're lukewarm. They're, they're, they're just cold. And there are people who received him, receiving him, every single thing about Jesus, receiving him in their hearts. And I could say that these are the people who were good soil. They were the people who were good soil. And I'm referring to people who received him easily, wholeheartedly embraced him. These are the marginalized, the widows, the poor people, the people who, who needed a Savior. Friend, do you need a Savior today? Do you need someone to join you in your suffering? Do you need someone to promise you that there is life ahead? Do you need to hear someone telling you, that your best days are ahead of you and not behind you. Be, be good soil. And these are the poor people. You know why they receive Jesus with everything they've got? Why? It's because they had nothing. And because they were holding on to nothing, they had to make Jesus their everything. Because they, were, they could not hold on to anything, they had to make Jesus their everything. And in Scripture, they're, they're, they're called the Anawim. The Anawim, the poor of the Lord. They're so poor in spirit that they were desperate. Friend, how desperate are you for God? And can I just say that this desperation attracts God? This desperation that you feel in your gut Maybe you're, dis you're desperate right now because you need healing. Maybe you're desperate right now because you need provision. Friend, come to Jesus. In fact, be still. <laughs> you don't even have to because Jesus came to you. Jesus came for you. That's why he came, so that people like you and me who become so poor in spirit will have hope and will know and will know that there is a God. Now my question is, can you be a good soil? Will you be like the Anawim? Will you? How do you do that? What do you do? Three things. Be empty. Be empty. 
Because the more we realize how much we need God, the more we understand how much we need Him. Be humble. Be humble. Admit the fact that you're needy. It's, it's a real need. Guys, it's a real need. We need the Savior. We need Jesus in our hearts. Let's make the main thing the main thing. Jesus. And be open. Be open to be blessed. Maybe in a different way. Maybe not the way you 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 uh, not the way you expect to be blessed. Because every time you allow God to work in your life, you have to be open and ready for a surprise. Because God is good and He will always work to your advantage. God will meet you where you are. But like the parable of the sower. God, if, if, if today you're like, you're like the, uh, the path, maybe you're on the path where even if seeds are sown, it will, not, it, will not bear, it will not bear fruit. It will not grow. And, and, and maybe we should go from the path to becoming uh, the, 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 the soil with so many thorns. And eventually we will become good soil. And, and, and we, will, we will rely on God for that grace. Because yes, God will meet you where you are. But, but my question is, what is your response to this? What is your response to this? Jesus exhorts us every time he speaks. Usually after he speaks, he says these words. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has hear, ears. Whoever, whoever has he, he whoever, <coughs> excuse me, whoever as hears, <laughs> let them hear. Um, Jesus would always say at the end of a message, whoever has ears, let them hear. Meaning, it's up to you. It's up to you. When Jesus says here, Jesus refers to Shema. Shema. Shema is, is, is in, in the prayers of the Jews before. In fact, it says that you have to Shema three times a day. It's part of a prayer. You have to pr pray three times a day. It has to be in you. It has to be ingrained in you. The word of God should be inculcated and, 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 and imbibed completely. So, so is Shema. Hear. Shema means hear. And, and uh, there's, I, I, I love that quote in Scripture. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I, I, I remember that song. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Hallelujah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Hallelujah. Shema doesn't just mean hear. It's an active verb. Shema means hear and obey. So let him who has ears hear and obey. 
hear the word of God and obey. We're not just called to be hearers of the word. The Bible tells us that we have to be doers of the word. It has to be active. You act upon that which you heard. Are you getting me? Am I making sense? And, and maybe um, you're wondering, I'll, 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 I'll do something different today. I'll bring you to the back end. I'll bring you to the, to the, to the backstage of what we're doing here at the feast. So, so for now, you know, at the feast, in, as in any feast, you are, you are presented with, with uh, lots of food. And uh, the feast is similar to that, you know. You have an abundance of God's grace laid out before you, God's favor, God's kindness, God's mercy. Uh, it, it, it's all be, be, before you. But, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to bring you to the kitchen. I'm going to bring you to the kitchen where, where we are doing what we're doing and why we're doing that. Okay? Why we're doing that. I, I guess some of you remember the time when we would give teachings, when we would give teachings, very practical teachings, and uh, a time when um, we, would, we would give in every feast practical applications of the Word of God. And that was good at that time. But, uh, you know, somewhere along the way, I don't know if you noticed also, that we said that we really need to do something more. We need to go deeper into God's Word because those of you who have been with us at the start, and as in everyone, you, we, we, we realize that, okay, um, we're still hungry, that when you're a baby, you will drink milk. But as you grow older, as you mature in the spirit, you go from just drinking milk to eating solid food, the meat of God's word. That's why we shifted. <laughs> That's why we shifted because we believe that um, when God meets you, once you allow God to meet you where you are, he will ask you to go deeper. God will meet you where you are, but God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay there. He will bring you from glory to glory. And you have to go deeper so you can soar higher. Are you getting this? You have to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus so that you can soar higher. If you want to soar above your problems, above your challenges, Above all these that concern you, you have to go deeper into Jesus so you can soar higher. Can you, can you say that? Can you declare that right now? Can you say this? I'll go deeper. I'll go deeper. Type it in the chat box. I'll go deeper. And make a decision today that you will work on the relationship of, with your, your relationship with Jesus, that you will nurture it, that you will make it grow, that you will take care of it, that you will be deliberate about it, that you will make time for it. Grow deeper. Go deeper. I'll illustrate this even more. My son and I, uh, my, I have a nine-year-old son. His name is Ziki. And we would lo we'd love to watch VeggieTales. These are stories of vegetables and uh, 
vegetables, Bob the tomato, and uh, there's a cucumber, they don't have hands, and they're singing. Um, uh, they're, 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 they're singing, and they're talking about, and they're illustrating stories on, in Scripture. The parables um, presented in a beautiful, non-boring way. So when Ziki was young, was, was a, a, a toddler, he, he watched that. But um, we, we cannot watch VeggieTales. Uh, we cannot watch VeggieTales all our life. It's there so that we will know about it, but we need to graduate. Okay? Because we mature, we, we, we also have to mature in our appreciation of God's word. But this is the sad thing that a lot of Christians today still look at the Bible as a collection of children's stories. Okay? VeggieTales, they presented the stories in the Bible in an, in a, in an inter interesting way, but they're actually true stories. Today, that's why our series for the next four weeks is called OG Tales, Original Tales. The tales upon which the, the veggie tales were based on. Uh, yeah, so now there are two presumptions when we talk about the parable. Okay, Two presumptions of people. Number one is that Jesus used parables to make things clearer. That, that, that may be the truth. That may be true, but it's uh, not the full and the whole truth. Okay, it's not just it. Um, Jesus uh, used parables to make things clear. He, 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 Jesus is a master storyteller. And he can bring his, his audience down there and he can bring them up. And I, I, I love that. That's why us preachers, we try to study the style of Jesus. Um, we try to study the style of Jesus because I believe that great speakers are great storytellers if you can bring people if you can bring them down and you can excite them and then you can make them cry and make them laugh all these things okay um and and and, and jesus used parables jesus used parables now um listen jesus did not just Use parables to make things clearer, to, 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 so that it will have a practical application. But he also used it to confuse certain people, <laughs> like the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He, will, he, he spoke in, in parables, in, in codes. If, if we're going to interpret it today, he, he made an encryption so that it, uh, the, the, the people who, who, who can't understand who can't hear will not actually hear it he also used that to confuse people the second presumption is that jesus used parables to teach moral lessons again that may be true but that's not it that's not just it okay um people liken the stories in fact growing up i also did that i i likened the stories in the bible to what you call Aesop's fable, diba? Aesop's fable are simple stories that, um, that teach morals, okay? Uh, there's always a moral story, moral of the story, 
Aesop's fable, there are stories and 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 the lessons are weaved into the story. Um, yeah, but the parables are different from Aesop's fables. Okay, it's 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 not a fable. Aesop's fable teaches us to be good. Okay, kagandahang asal. But the parables teaches us to follow the King Jesus, who will in turn cause us to be good. I'll say that again. The parable, the parables teach us to follow King Jesus. And in the process, we become radically good. What's the difference? Jesus. Without Jesus, the stories in the Bible will just be a bunch of words. Like the Aesop's fable. So my exhortation this morning is that don't skip Jesus. Don't skip Jesus. And here at the feast, we teach you to we to teach you that for you to be good, okay, we we, te- we don't just tell you to be good. We always remind you to be good, but we're we're also telling you to follow King Jesus and, and in the process he will be the one to make you good. I tell people, don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait for you to be clean, sinless, good before approaching Jesus. Because Jesus can handle you. He's God. And and the Bible says that it's Jesus' kindness that will lead us to repentance. You don't have to wait for the perfect time. Today is the day of salvation. Do it today. Come to Jesus or let Jesus come to you. But be open because God will meet you where you are. And, and, and when you meet Jesus, when you come face to face with God, you will change. That's the formula. A lot of people get frustrated, disappointed because they try to follow Jesus and they try to be good so that they can follow Jesus. I'm telling you now, it's the other way around. Follow Jesus, and you won't even have to try to be good because you will be naturally good. Are you with me? Are you still with me? Um, so we used to give feast talks 1.0, very practical stuff, and uh, we, we, we taught God's word, practical stuff, three things you need to do. And this was when we were in Valle Verde. There was only one feast. Brother Bo was the feast builder. There was only one feast. And uh, uh, there. So, so we were, in a way, spoon-feeding everyone. And uh, it worked for a while. You know, the feast grew. A lot of people grew. But along the way, we, along the way, we realized that people who were with the feast already they were uh, they, they they felt that it's kulang, you know, in in the words of the social, they they felt that it's bitan. <laughs> I, I I don't know the teachings in the feast are bitan, and and they 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 were looking for something deeper. So that's why we decided to change it. Instead of spoon feeding you, instead of giving you the fruit on a platter, <laughs> we're not just giving you fruits. We're teaching you how to plant. At the feast today, you're not just receiving fruits, but we're teaching you how to plant so that you'll be receiving fruit trees. 
And when you're able to nurture that, when you're able to, 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 to cultivate that, then it will bear you tree, fruits. And that fruit will be everlasting. Okay? I'll illustrate that further. Okay? The, 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 the Feast 1.0 versus the Feast 2.0, the, the teachings in the Feast, that, the feast that we're giving now. Again, go deeper. We will, we will need to go deeper. Okay? Um, let me tell you a story about Bob. Bob the Builder and Barbie. <laughs> Bob the Builder and Barbie. They were neighbors. They were, uh, no, 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 you know, uh, if, if there's any semblance to a character that you know, uh, it's just coincidental. <laughs> okay? So they're, they're uh, neighbors. They live in beautiful houses, homes with huge gardens. And uh, they had a fence in between them. And they like planting trees. Okay? So this is a gardening story. Okay? Think plants. Bob planted trees. Barbie planted trees. And they were able to plant a lot of trees. Okay? Bob, being a busy builder, planted his trees and watered them occasionally just enough times for it not to die. Just enough times. Okay. Now, Barbie, who, who's a fashionista, he, who did things online, who uh, made her designs at home, naturally had more time to nurture and take care of the plants. So, um, at, after some time, the plants of Barbie were taller than the plants of Bob. They were greener, they were lusher, if there's such a word, than the plants of Bob, okay? But both trees are growing, okay? But the ones of Barbies um, are, 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 are greener and, and they're more, they're better, they looked healthier. Then one day there came a storm. There came a storm. They, they, it, was a, it was a strong storm. And uh, the day after, when the storm uh, was gone, Barbie, to her dismay, saw that her trees were uprooted. Her trees were uprooted. And she looked at Bob's, and she saw that Bob's trees were still there. They were not uprooted. And she said, how can that be? My trees are healthier. So she went to Bob and asked Bob, why are your plants still standing? If not for your goodness, if not for your grace, I don't know where I would be today. Barbie was asking, why are your plants still standing? And here's, here's Bob's answer. And I want you to take note of this because this is my main point. Bob said, my plants have deeper roots. Barbie planted the trees. Barbie watered them regularly. Watered them regularly in such a way, okay, that if I'm a plant, I would get water from above. And because I'm well-nourished, that's okay. I will look nourished. I will look healthy. 
But because I'm getting my water from above, I don't have to exert effort anymore to grow roots to look for water because Barbie is giving me water every day. Versus Bob's plants that were watered here, but it's just enough to keep them alive. They had to look for ways to grow roots so that they can get more water. They grew deeper roots. Friends, we have to be responsible for our spiritual life. There, there is a time where you will be spoon-fed, but there is a time for you to grow and fend for your own spiritual life. And here at the feast, we're now giving talks like Feast 2.0, like Matthew, where we try to discover God's word with you and we allow you, we allow you to discover the practical application for your life. We do logos, logos, study. But we expect you to discover your rhema. Your remas. It's a practical application unique only to you. Your rhema. God's word has a rhema, meaning how has the, the word of God touched you? And how has it changed you? How is it causing you to go deeper? We will not spoon feed you. We will guide you through God's word. And we will let you discover so that you will grow longer roots, deeper roots. You know, how do you know a tree is strong? If their roots are as long or as tall, how do you say that? Long as their actual height. So if this is a tree, okay, wait, I'll remove that. If this is a tree, the roots should be this long as well. And that's what we want to happen here in the feast. Am I making sense? Hmm? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for, for you. I'm going to pray for everyone. And our prayer is that we become more like Jesus, is that we will grow roots. God will meet you where you are, but He will not leave you there. He will not leave you there. He will bring you from glory to glory. Are you struggling right now? God will meet you where you are. But He will use your circumstance to bring you to places you've never reached before. There's pain. There is pain. I can feel your pain. We're all, we're, we're all suffering right now. But your pain has a purpose. Don't let your pain separate you from God. Let your pain push you closer to Jesus. Prayers. Unanswered prayers. Always remember that God will always work to your advantage. Last night, I had a conversation with my son. I was telling my son 
Siki. I I'm sorry if sometimes I get upset when we talk. Because Ziki, we were talking and, and Ziki asked me, Dad, why are you so upset? And I told him, Ziki, forgive me if I get upset sometimes. It's just because I'm worried. I get upset because I don't want you to get hurt. I get upset because if, if I know that it's going to be bad for you, I don't want you to go near it. Anywhere near it. And, and Ziki, sometimes, sometimes I get upset. Sometimes there's, there's discipline. But it's for you. Brothers, sisters, friends, I know that your pain pain that you're experiencing right now the pain that you're going through right now it's it, it, it makes God's heart bleed but if he knows that it's gonna be good for you then you will have to go through that let God just touch you and I'm gonna pray for you I'm gonna pray for for, for, for the, the a special kind of trust we will have in God that whatever happens He is in control that whatever He allows to happen in our lives it has a purpose and my prayer is that we will discover that purpose and know that in the midst of our pain in the midst of our struggles in the midst of our trials that God is still good that God is still good and He is still God. Let me pray for you. Can you put your hand over your chest? And join me in this prayer. Father, we praise and we thank you today. We ask, oh Jesus, that you, <laughs> that you look at us. We ask you, Jesus, to look at our hearts. The the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Father, today we pray for your grace. You promise to you promise to meet us where we are. That's our prayer. For the times that we are too weak to even move, to even believe. Father, we pray for your grace. To meet us where we are. And our prayers that you will hold our hand and bring us to where you want us to be. We receive your grace today. Right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those who prayed with me. I pray that in a very special way you will allow them to experience you personally and that they will open their hearts so that you will be at the center of their lives. Father, you are Lord Jesus. You're not just Savior, but you're also Lord. And I pray that you, for those who, for those who just made the decision to make you king of their lives, you will show them that this is going to be by far the best decision they will ever make in their whole lives. This is my prayer in Jesus' name.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.